Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. What's poppin'? Dude, everything. I know. I am reared up and ready to go this morning. I can see that. Yeah. Like, we went full UCF Tiki. Yep. We went with the Copper Waterstone Mortgage Moscow Mule Mugs. Yep. And my battle hat. Oh, dear. The battle hat. If it's the camo T-Lop hat, mm. you know, A, a good time is getting ready to go down. Yep. Or we're getting ready to go into battle. Well, I'm concerned because it's like episode 117, and this is the first time you've brought out the financial calculator. Yes. So that's yes. what scares hey, me today. The HP-12C. God. And notes. Notes. What the we hell? We never use notes. What the literal hell? We never use notes. So, hey, look, um, for those that are... L- tuned in listening because you've tuned into Spotify or Apple podcast or anywhere else that podcasts are found that you can listen to the loan officer podcast. You may want to find a pen, find a paper because we are going to be talking numbers today mm-hmm. and they're going to be numbers that you're going to want to jot down, try to follow along. If you're watching on YouTube at the loan officer <laughs> podcast, um, John, you told me off camera that you will make the time. Mm-hmm. I know your schedule has been slammed as of late. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, I said to John like this morning, I'm like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm just focused. Yeah, just focused. <laughs> got to get it done. You got a lot of shit on your plate, yeah. which is a good thing, yeah, right? I'm excited. It's good. Um, you know, everything from helping your loan officers create videos for, for their own personal marketing mm-hmm. to taking T-Lot to the next level. Yeah, it's right? exciting, though. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good stuff. Are yeah. you going to get us on TikTok this week? Yes, I am. This week? Yes, week. T-Lop. On, on TikTok. TikTok awesome. Week, yes. And the website's going to be launched. God, stop. Now, let me ask. I just want to know. It's it's going to be launched in phases. Okay. When's the first phase going to be live, John? I mean, we'll talk about it offline. Okay. Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. I know. Starting with this one. I know. Starting with this one. Okay. So that's a quick teaser. But no, if you're tuned in on YouTube, the yeah. Lone Officer Podcast, um, John is going to put in a little bit of extra work mm-hmm. today. He's going to get some graphics, some CGI up there yeah. uh, to try to follow along on these numbers. For sure. Right. So hopefully those are tuned in and listening. You're at a point now. You've pulled over to the side of the road. Yep. You grabbed a pen. You grabbed a paper. And uh, you're going to take notes. Yes. Same thing if you're on YouTube, but John's going to be flashing hopefully some, hey, as Fancy I do this numbers, with my yeah. hands, like wow. maybe just stars yeah, and like, number signs. Do it. And, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, there's going to be some graphics and some CGI showing up on, on film. Yeah. And if uh, you ever want to follow us, we're on uh, LinkedIn, yep. at the Lone Officer Podcast. We are on uh, Facebook, at the Lone Officer Podcast. I personally, Dustin Owen, I'm on LinkedIn. Please connect with me. Yep. I love it. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, I love your questions. And um, we're on Instagram yep. at the Lone Officer Podcast. And if you noticed, I did a rare kind of personal post over the weekend you on did, Instagram you did. wearing the, said hat. There you go, authentic. Yeah. yeah, you know when you go out and do your first open water swim in a lake in Florida mm. that very well has alligators and la- and, and snakes. Mm. It definitely has turtles and fish because I saw them when I got in the water, like right mm. there at my feet. Mm. Um, and you swim what ends up being about 1.2 miles. Like you got to be wearing your, your go to battle hat for you that. Gotta. And v- adventure. Right. And it was fun. Right. Yeah. So I posted about it and uh, everyone who, who congratulated and thanked and liked, Hey, thanks. Hey. But, you know, you got to see that because you follow us on Instagram. There you go. So let me do this. Okay. I'm going to put the hat on. Put it on. I'm putting the hat on. Take the time. That's what's happening Take right off now. the earphones. Yeah. Put the hat on because we're going to war. There you go. 
Maybe not war, just a small battle. Battle. Just a small battle. All right. Okay, so what's uh, what's the topic for today? Well, so I'm going to let you title this. Okay. But but this is this was my thought. Okay. Okay. It sucks right now trying to buy a house. Yes, it does. Like it is not fun. Period. End of story. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But you know what sucks worse? Mm, what is that? Not buying a house. Ooh. If you want to buy a house and you're at that point in life where home ownership makes sense, you got to buy a house. You got to embrace the suck. You got to put on your battle hat and be prepared to go to battle. Okay. But you have to do so with the right intel, with the right data. So we're going to talk today about that right intel, that right data. Okay. And I'm going to reference people um, like Dave Ramsey. I'm going to reference websites like Google, mm-hmm. and it's going to help prove a point. I've already busted out my HP-12C, yes. my financial calculator. I've already written down some basic numbers, and this is all based on a real-life example. Friends of mine who are real estate investors were selling a home, and this particular situation came up. This was actually the inspiration okay. for me getting all fired up wanting to do this show, Okay, which you're going to title... The Cost of Waiting. The Cost of Waiting. Yeah. Okay. So the, the cost of waiting, because that's been a real big topic. Should I buy now or should I wait? Mm-hmm. There's some people out there, some contrarians, who are anticipating some kind of a, a housing bubble burst. Mm-hmm. If you remember like six, seven months ago, I think, didn't we do an episode yeah. on is there a housing bubble? Yeah, is there a housing bubble? I think okay, what was my answer? No. Yeah, and I think we wanted like, all right, no, we're no, done. We're done. That was the quickest episode in history. Yeah, there's not a housing bubble. Yeah. But do you know what Google search increased last week by over 2,000%? Mm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Is there a housing bubble? Yeah, is there a housing <laughs> bubble? Now, if you tune into the show enough, you know this about me and Dave Ramsey. A, I don't know him and he doesn't know me. Correct. All right. B, he is wildly successful and way more experienced than me. I've read some of his things. I follow him on on social media. I respect the hell out of him. But I also feel like we're not always on the same page. Mm -hmm. You know, Dave has made his millions teaching at a very elementary level. Right. You know, sometimes I take that as someone saying to the rest of the populace, you're not smart enough to take it to middle school, high school, or graduate level. So I'm only going to talk to you and treat you as if you're elementary. And for that, there's certain things that he preaches and teaches that I just fundamentally disagree with. But I would say this. My understanding of someone like Dave Ramsey is that if there was a housing bubble, he would be the first to be on his high horse, Mm. on his perch, on his stool, screaming at the top of his lungs. Mm. He's a very conservative person by nature. He wants people paying off their mortgages like right away. That's where he and I maybe disagree a little bit. I understand his thought process behind it, but I also feel like he's telling people you're not disciplined enough and you're not smart enough or you're not going to read enough or research enough to do anything more than this. So I'm only going to teach you how to operate at a very fundamentally elementary level. That's where we we had that disconnect, me and Dave. Um, But he recently had on his social that I post – Something along the lines of a caller called in, actually from Pensacola, Florida, so just mm-hmm. like a six-and-a-half-hour, seven-hour drive from, from Orlando where you and I live. Yeah. And the caller was basically, hey, Dave, my wife and I want to sell our house and buy another house. But is the timing right? Basically alluding to, is there a housing bubble? Should mm-hmm. I wait another year? Mm-hmm. 
Dave Ramsey, who I would guess would be on the more conservative side, he would be more of the contrarian side. He says, look, in his 30 plus years of real estate, I think he's actually a licensed realtor, mm -hmm. in his 30 plus years of real estate, only once has he seen a massive nationwide bubble burst, and that was in 2007. Mm -hmm. And if this person wants to spend more money for a house, he should wait a year. And if you want to spend more money for that same house, wait another year. Mm -hmm. Meaning home values and home prices aren't going down, ladies and gentlemen. They're not. If anyone ever wanted to make an argument that they were, you would have to make an argument that would also um, be talking about like apocalyptic yeah. aspects. Like yeah. something three times or five times worse and more deadly than COVID. Mm. A nuclear war, World War Three, mm. right? It would have to be something that is totally unforeseen that would, that would totally wreck us. Right. Or there's a slight, tiny little chance if every institutional investor, so since 2008, all the way up until now, there's been a lot of hedge funds, a lot of institutions buying residential real estate, okay. like buy the tens of thousands and they buy them and they keep them in their portfolio and they rent them. If there was ever a reason that all of those institutions woke up and at one time decided they were going to dump their portfolio, they're going to cash out. Mm -hmm. Okay, then maybe if that happened, you can make an argument that it would flood the housing market with so much inventory that there wasn't enough buyers to keep up with the inventory. And that's when the law, the, the, law, the law of supply and demand would state, well, if you have an abundance of supply and a shortage of demand, mm -hmm. the only way to get rid of your product, mm -hmm. in this case, homes, would be to lower the price. Correct. Well, if John lowers the price of his home, then your neighbor lowers the price of her home, and then the next neighbor lowers even more, eventually you're going to drive down the value of the homes in your subdivision or in your neighborhood or in your city, your town, your village, et cetera. Exactly. But it would take something that serious for this to happen. So if Dave Ramsey, who I would guess would be super conservative, is telling his caller who called in from Pensacola, Florida, look, now's a great time to buy because it's going to be very hard to sell because it's mm. an easy time to sell your property but you're gonna to have to embrace a little bit of a suck or go to battle or grind it out to buy. Mm -hmm. But if you wait, it's not gonna be a better deal for you. Mm. That's kind of what I, what I wanna get into. Yeah. So like, tuned into this. Realtors, this is great for your clients. Anyone looking at buying a house, this episode is for you. Mm. Loan officers, this is for all of your realtors. This is for all of your potential clients. Like this episode, is it impacts everyone who is looking to purchase real estate sometime between now and the next 12, 18, or 24 months. Got me fired up. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I am. All right, any initial questions you might have? I don't. You just have notes, man. I'm just ready to learn. Have I laid it out pretty clear what we're going to be jumping into? Absolutely. Okay, and have I... Let me just rephrase this. I, I understand it sucks to try to buy a house in today's market. But it sucks even more if you wait. But it sucks even more if you wait, yeah. And that's what, what we want to talk about. So I have some general numbers I'm going to run through. Okay. Some things that kind of make you think. This is where you're going to want to follow along. Yeah. Um, and most of my math is accurate math that I probably rounded up or rounded down. Yeah. And I'm going to give some statistics that I've, I've read online from um, organizations like the NAR, mm -hmm. the National Association of Realtors. Yeah. Okay. The NAR, the Mortgage Bankers Association, like those are the two major trade organizations 
that that are for real estate, right? One's on the mortgage side, one's on the real estate side. Right. Okay, if it's coming from the NBA, Mortgage Banker Association, or the NAR, National Association of Realtors, just know there's lots of money and lots of smart people involved <laughs> in collecting this data, analyzing this data, and then pushing it out. Yeah. Like our Congress, our legislatures, our our president, they look to the NAR. They look to the NBA mm. when they're making policy. So they got some clout. So they have some clout. They kind of know what they're talking about. Now, <laughs> okay. are they always right? Of course not. Like, this is still prognostication, right? This is still what we anticipate. These are still hypotheses based on scientific data, mm-hmm. right? Numbers is scientific data. Yep. Research, scientific data. That's what all this is based on. So there's always the unknown variable that could be tossed in there. Okay. But all in all, this is information people should have. All right. So my buddies, yeah, we'll call them Brooke and we'll call them Jason. Nice names. All right. So they have a home that they're selling. Okay. They put up in the market here in Central Florida. And look, these stories, I don't care if you're in, in Portland, Oregon, if you're in San Diego, California, if you're in Overland Park, Kansas, if you're in Orland Park, Illinois, right? Connecticut, North Carolina, Orlando, Florida. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is the 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 economy we're in. This is the market we're in. There is one month supply of homes on the market. You need six months supply to be normal, to be level. Mm. Even if there was an institutional dump, I don't even know if the institutional dump would get us to six months. Even if the five or 10 million people, homeowners who were in forbearance, all decided that they couldn't do what it took to start making their mortgage payments and they had to sell their house. Still wouldn't. I don't know if it would get us all the way back up to six months uh, of, of inventory. I know home builders are building at a more rapid pace, but they're not building enough homes that they're going to, again, get our inventory levels up to six months. Mm-hmm. So these numbers, these situations, they're not going anywhere. It's not going to be easier a year from now. It's not going to be easier two years from now. I'll prognosticate this. One year from now, homes will not be appreciating at the rate that they are. Two years from now, homes won't be appreciating at the rate that they are one year from now. Mm. Three years from now, homes mm-hmm. will not. Like there is going to be some kind of a stabilization to normal, but there is not going to be some kind of a bust. Mm. All right, so let's walk through the math. Okay. Talked about Jason and Brooke. They have this home to sell. This home is a great starter house in a good area. $275,000 is going to get you a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage. Okay, this home has has been um, totally renovated. So you have new floors, painted paint, paint on the outside, landscaping, mm-hmm. new kitchen, updated bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, it's move-in ready. Now, the $275,000 purchase price, that's not where it started. It started at two sixty. dollars So $260,000 is what they thought the home would appraise for confidently. Okay. But there were 17 offers on the table. Damn. Only one person can win. Yeah, right. 16 people lose. There's 17 offers, and the offer that, that was accepted was someone was willing to pay $275,000 for the house. And they wrote in the contract, they were willing to pay up to $15,000 over appraised value. Mm. Meaning if it only paid if it only appraised for 260, mm-hmm. 
they would still pay 275. Damn. Okay. Mm-hmm. They had the cash reserves. Now that would affect their LTV, but they and their lender felt like they would still qualify. Mm-hmm. Right? So now maybe instead of being at a 10% loan to value, they're going to be at a 5% loan to value. All well and good. Their interest rate stays the same and uh, their mortgage insurance goes up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like not that big of a deal. Well, they um, contact their lender. They have great news. After nine months of looking, like right. imagine this, realtors who are tuned in or home buyers who are tuned in. After nine months of looking, we finally found the one. Found it. We found the one. Love it. And the lender, who I'm not going to name names and I'm not going to bash, but I will say this. That person's NMLS number has two more digits on it than mine. Damn. Right? By the way, the longer your NMLS number, that means the newer you are in the industry. Okay? And this person, and I don't know their background, maybe they are smarter than Dave Ramsey and more experienced than Dave Ramsey. Maybe they are smarter than Dave Stevens and more experienced than Dave Stevens. Maybe they are smarter than Barry Habib and more experienced than Barry Habib. Like three people that if you look them up and Google them, you would know that they're a who's who in their field of study and their field of work and they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. By the way, speaking of Barry Habib, his product, MBS Highway, that I just became a member of, Mm -hmm. it has some really cool tools if you do become a member. And I think it's a hundred, 200 bucks a month. So it's not the cheapest, but it's definitely worth it. He has a like rent versus own tool. Mm. He also has a, um, amortization table. well, he, no. he does have amortization <laughs> tables. I showed John an amortization schedule, uh, a table today kind of blew his mind a little <laughs> bit showing him how much, uh, or how little principal yeah, went in the first few yeah. years. Um, but no, what's the, the name of this, uh, of this, um, episode, John? Oh, the cost of waiting. He has a cost of waiting mm. tool. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I mentioned him. I love his product. We say this all the time. Like if I love the product, you're going to hear me uh, Mm -hmm. shout it out, pimp it out, whatever. Mm -hmm. He's not paying me anything to do so. So if you find another product out there, that's not his kudos to you and awesome. If you love it, let me know about it. Because if you turn me on to it and I research and I like it, I'll pimp that one out too. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to put out content that's going to be beneficial. So anyhow, um, this person with the super long NMLS number, Maybe they know more than those three people that I just shouted out. Okay. But she basically, or he basically, tells the buyer, uh-uh. don't, don't do this. This is a dumb financial decision. So the buyer bails. Mm. The buyer bails, ends up renting. So now this realtor who's been showing this, this, this lovely couple homes for the past nine months, they found the one, they, got, they had the winning bid. This lender with the super long NMLS number talks them out of buying the house. Now they're going to rent. I want to get back to they're going to rent because I want to talk about the money they're going to be potentially throwing away and wasting. Okay. Okay? Now, just because I want to capstone the story, I had 17 offers. These sellers really don't care. My buddies don't care that that they didn't. Now, they feel bad because this particular buyer wrote a really nice letter Mm. talking about her her family and her career and how this home was the home and she's been looking for nine months. But from a business transaction, they don't care because there's 16 other people willing sure. to make an offer. Next. And they took a they took a, a sec, the backup offer, paid 275, 500. Oh. Now they were only willing to pay five thousand dollars over appraised value, mm-hmm. whereas the first buyer was willing to pay fifteen thousand. But guess what? The home appraised debt. What? I just I just talked to these guys this morning because uh, I knew we were going to do this yeah, episode. Yeah. So I want to get some more some more intel. It appraised at 271. Mm. Yeah. So it appraised at 271. 
I'm not running today's numbers for the episode off of 271. I want to go worst case. Yeah. I want to talk about the buyer that got talked out of buying the house that, that was her dream home that she'd been looking for mm -hmm. for the past nine months as if it only would have appraised for 260. Yeah. But food for thought, the appraiser actually appraised the home for 271. Mm -hmm. And speaking of appraisals, we are going to do a show here in the next month where we actually have a certified appraiser on. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask questions like this to, to, to her when we have Kelly on. But my understanding of an appraisal, it's really only like good for that one transaction. After that, use it to like get your fire pit started oh, or wow. you know, blow your nose yeah. or, or let your kids uh, maybe color on it. Yeah. Like, so the home appraisal 271 today in three months or six months, at good. least six months, it's no longer worth the $500 you spent for it. Mm. Okay. So that's just food for thought on appraisals. But this particular home, it did appraise for 271. Mm -hmm. So sellers are super stoked because that buyer was willing to pay up to $5,000 above appraised value. Really, they're only going to pay 4,500 mm -hmm. over appraised value because appraised at, at uh, 271, the contract price is 275.5. Right. All right. But let's talk about this poor healthcare worker whose parents were elderly going to live with her and had been looking for a home for the four of them to live in because she had a significant other mm. and chose not to buy. What does it look like for her and her family over the next 12 months? Was this the best decision not to buy? Mm. Well, I'm going to first reach out to my friends at the NAR. Okay. And my friends at the NAR are projecting that home values are going to increase by 8.6%. Let's just say over 8%. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if it's 8.3, 8.6, but somewhere in that ballpark range this year alone. Next year, 5%. That's how much home values are going to increase. Mm. My friends over the NBA, they're projecting that mortgage rates are going to increase. They already have. We're already out of the twos and in the, into the low threes. Mm -hmm. They're thinking they get into the mid threes, maybe in the high threes. All right. All based on how red hot our economy becomes, how bad inflation gets. Look, a red hot economy, high five, that's freaking awesome. But not necessarily the long-term debt, not necessarily the bonds. Mm -hmm. Inflation can be deemed an evil necessity in a growing economy. You want to see some inflation. But too much inflation is going to spook bonds, which is going to cause interest rates to go up. Hmm. Those are two things that we're facing, a red-hot economy and inflation. It's prognosticated, predicted, projected, mm -hmm. hypothesized that rates will be going up. It's now being projected, hypothesized, prognosticated mm -hmm. that home values are going to continue to increase. So this young lady, let's say she bought the home for two seventy-five. dollars and let's say it, it was only worth today $260,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's the home she wanted. By doing so, she has to realize what she's gaining. Here's what she's gaining. She's locking in a set price and a set payment. Mm. Her mortgage payment on that home would have been somewhere around $1,800 a month. That's $1,800 a month forever. Like, yes, her, her payment can go up or down based on homeowners insurance and real mm -hmm. estate taxes going up or down. Mm -hmm. Her payment could go down if and when she gets her mortgage insurance removed. Yeah, right. right. But for the most part, she knows, give or take $25 up or down, her payment is $1,800 a month. Yeah. 
When you rent, do you have that same type of security? Yo, chill. No, absolutely not. No. I mean, I own a rental property every single year. My property manager is doing her job, and she's saying, hey, D.O., we can raise rents another $50 a month. Now, luckily, I have the best renters in our rental property. Mm -hmm. I don't want to piss them off. I want to reward them. I want to thank them. Mm -hmm. So we actually don't raise their rent. But every two to three years, and when we do, it's, it's always half of what is suggested. Mm-hmm. I know right now I could rent my house for $150 more per month than I do. I don't because I'm happy with the rent I receive, and more importantly, I love the renters I have. I don't want them moving out. I want them living in that home and taking great care of the home the way that they do. Right. Okay, but I know as a landlord that rents are going up. I know if I'm renting, what I'm paying today mm. I'm, I'm going to be paying more next year. Mm-hmm. And also know this, no part of my rent payment goes towards equity, goes towards paying off a loan, goes towards principal reduction. Mm-mm. I just showed you an amortization schedule. Yeah. Okay, your first thought was your butthole puckered because you saw how little went to principal. Yeah. But still, like, what was the number you remember seeing on a $260,000 purchase price, mm-hmm. $270,000 purchase price loan amount, that, mm-hmm. that ballpark range? Mm-hmm. How much, even in year one, month one, yeah. was going towards principal? I think principal was like four hundred dollars, three hundred dollars. Yeah, it was like somewhere between, depending on the month, mm-hmm. four thirty-two and like four seventy-eight. Yeah. So, over twelve months, I did the math. I got mm-hmm. out my HP twelve C and I actually wrote it down because I wanted to run this this particular young lady's uh, young professional mm-hmm. her scenario because she didn't buy this house, right? Yeah. She she walked from it based on her lender's great, advice, quote great unquote, advice, yeah. great advice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so by not buying the house today, she did not realize paying down her mortgage loan by $5,268. Okay. What she did decide to do is she decided to rent. And you know what? Maybe she was able to rent for $1,750 a month, right? Maybe it wasn't $1,800. Mm-hmm. But if you're renting a three-bedroom, two-bath house with a two-car garage on a quarter-acre lot with a fenced-in backyard, which is what the house was that she was trying to buy, mm-hmm. you're going to be paying somewhere on the low end of 1600 somewhere on the high end of 1900 mm-hmm. depending on the area, yeah. the neighborhoods, the schools, et cetera. So if, if she paid $1,750, $1,750 per month because she's now going to buy next year, mm-hmm. because next year she won't have to pay $15,000 over appraised value. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's just assume that, right? right? $21,000 she just paid in rent. $21,000. Now, granted, if she owned, if she owned, we already said that she was going to spend $1,800 a month in a total mortgage payment. That's principal, interest, taxes, and insurance, right? right? So if she owned, she was going to spend $21,600, but $5,268 was going to be actual, like a little piggy bank for her, a savings account, yeah, right, equity, right. principal pay down. Yeah. So she decided not to buy. Okay. She's going to wait till next year because next year the housing market won't be as crazy. Right. And let's hope it's not. Mm -hmm. Let's hope that, you know, with COVID being behind us, with forbearances being behind us, with lumber prices coming down, Mm -hmm. let's hope that builders are building more. People who who were in forbearance, some of them are back on their feet. Some of them have decided to to sell their homes and hit the reset button, which they're going to be able to because they all have record, record levels of equity. And let's hope the people who are afraid to sell their house because they're afraid of their health safety, they're now willing to sell their home because COVID's behind them. So we we do have an influx of inventory. Now, not enough to get us to six months, enough to get us to maybe three or four months, a little bit leveled out. Mm -hmm. So things aren't as crazy.
Okay, cool. Now, homegirl's not going to have to, like, bid up the home. Mm -hmm. But as the NAR just told us, they're project projecting, predicting that home values are going to go up by 8-plus percent. Right. Let's say they're off by, like, 20%. Okay. Let's say they missed it. Dude, a 20%, that's a big miss. Mm -hmm. So let's say homes only go up by 7%. Okay. Well, if I take a $260,000 appraised uh, a value and I don't buy the house today because I don't want to overpay for it, right? This lady was going to overpay by $15,000 yeah, yeah. based on her lender's advice. Mm -hmm. And next year I get to pay 7% more. Do you know what 7% of $260,000 is? Off the top of my head, I don't. Why don't you go ahead and tell me? $18,200. Oh. So check this out. Mm. Not only did she get to pay $21,000 in rent, at which point she got nothing from it. Right. She now has the benefit of one year later, she gets to pay appraised value for the house. Nice. Yeah. $278,200. Whoa, that's more than... Yeah. So now she gets to pay... $3,200 more, it wasn't going to be as easy. Like a year from now, instead of one of 17 offers, maybe she's one of three or four. Okay. It's still competitive. Right. It's still a seller's market. You still don't know. They could yep. have written something in that class. Yeah, you still don't know. And, and that interest rate that she was getting at three and a quarter percent, that's 3.75 now mm. because it's a year later. Right. Because the economy is red hot, because we have inflation due to the red hot economy. Well, the payment difference now. She's not paying eighteen hundred a month. Whoa! The payment difference. Her payment just went up seventy-seven dollars a month. Hmm. Like at a roughly, you know, somewhere when you run your numbers, you get out your financial calculator. You're looking at sales prices and loan amounts that are in that two sixty to two seventy-five range. Uh -huh. The the difference in half a percent, just half a percent, not a full percent, half a percent, is seventy-seven dollars a month. Let's just call it seventy-five dollars. That's a nice number. Okay, seventy-five dollars. Times 12 months, that's 900 bucks. That's $900. That's that cruise she was going to take. Mm -hmm. You know, that was that trip to go see her, her, her high school best friend who just had a baby. Mm -hmm. That's $900 she now doesn't have all because she waited. Now, let's say the housing market is no better. It's a slightly better, but it's not like better, better. Yeah. So she didn't actually pay 278 200 She had to pay 2% over over uh, list price, 2%. Mm 2% -hmm. of 278200 is an extra $5,500. So now she paid 283 mm. She could have had the house a year earlier for, for 275 so. Yes, 275 was $15,000 over appraised value. But now? Yeah, but now what, what's your alternative? 283 So guess what? Heels in the stand. I'm stubborn as all get out. I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be a part of the next housing bubble. Right. Come on, John. Yeah. I'm going to wait. Well, what did I say earlier? The NAR mm -hmm. is projecting the following year 5%. 5%. Let's say they're off by another 20. Okay. Let's say that those fruitcakes up there, all they want to do is push people into home ownership. Yeah. So it only goes up by 4%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that home. That was worth in 2022 now, mm -hmm. 278,200, 278,200. I'm typing it right into my HP 12C. Now I'm going to have to pay 4% more. 4% of 
is an extra $11,000. So now I didn't buy in 2021. I got to 2022 and I was like, well, that sucks. It was no better for me waiting. I'm just going to wait another year. I'm going to spend another. Oh, by the way, it wouldn't be $21,000 in rent because your rent just went up. Right. I'm going to spend another $22,000 in rent. Right. I'm not going to uh, achieve another. Now it's probably $6,000 in principal, principal. reduction mm-hmm. because if you look at an amortization schedule, every month that goes by, more money goes towards principal and less money goes towards interest. Yeah. So now you're in 2023 and you're paying almost $290,000 for a house that in 2021 you had an opportunity to buy for 275. I'll bet at 275 you were spending $15,000 more than appraised value, but you were locking in today's super cheap interest rates and you're pro- pro- you're protecting yourself right. against the future appreciation. So that lady, unfortunately, who walked away from this house, the house that she'd been looking for for nine months, she could have locked in a three and a quarter percent interest rate on. Mm-hmm. Just two years later, she wouldn't have owed two seventy five, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like she would have. Well, one, she would have put money down, right? Correct. But whatever her loan amount was, she would have owed at least eleven thousand dollars less mm. because she paid her mortgage down through just monthly payments through that amortization schedule. And that, that home that she bought for 275 today is worth 290. Whoa. I mean, it's, I love math because numbers don't lie. <laughs> yeah. I say that often. Like I love math because numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. People lie, but not numbers. Mm-hmm. Now people can manipulate numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's where someone could be sitting here and hey, you can accuse me of doing it. Oh, you're manipulating numbers. You're 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 pulling four uh, percent appreciation and seven percent appreciation. I'm like, look, I'm not pulling numbers out of thin air. I'm looking at what the NAR is saying. Mm-hmm. They're saying eight point six percent. I'm saying let's use seven. I yeah. want to be conservative. Yeah. I want to channel my inner Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Right? They're saying five percent the following year. I say let's use four percent. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm using today's rate of three and a quarter, and I'm saying mortgage rates are only going to go up to three point seven five. What if I'm wrong and they go to four and a quarter? Damn, then those that's numbers, an extra seventy-five dollars a month. Yeah, like I just don't see the 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 benefit to waiting. Yeah. There is zero benefits to waiting for most people. I'm sure there's exceptions. I'm sure if we brought in five of our favorite realtors and five of our favorite loan officers, we could sit here, open up a couple bottles of sangria with a bottle of Hennessy because Dio loves a shot of Hennessy in his sangria. And we could just throw out all the examples of yeah. where waiting maybe would all make sense. All the different scenarios. But. For the most part. For the most part, there's no co- there's no benefit to waiting. Yeah, you just end up paying more. But I waited and I got that rate I wanted in the house and now I'm, oh, well, I, yeah. I, yeah. So look, do this. If you're tuning in, do yourself the favor. Do your your referral sources, or refer, referral sources a favor. Your coworkers a favor. Your office mates a favor, any potential client a favor. Let them listen to this. This is for their benefit, right? This is for their benefit. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. John and I today try to do our best to lay out utilizing math, utilizing uh, research and and statistics by some national renowned organizations. Mm -hmm. But learn this math, turn people on to this particular episode. So that we can bring education to the populace so they can make the right decision for themselves. Right. 
Yep. If you're tuning in for the first time, please like us. Please subscribe. Please share like crazy. We said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Follow us. We are on Facebook at the Loan Officer Podcast, Instagram at the Loan Officer Podcast, LinkedIn at the Loan Officer Podcast, right? You can tune in on Spotify. You can can tune in on Apple. That's where most of our listeners tune in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can find us anywhere else. Podcasts are available. You can watch us on YouTube, and we love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. If you have episode suggestions, if you have questions, Mm -hmm. um, your support is what's prompting us to launch a website. Mm -hmm. Like we're investing our own money into a website because we want to make this content more readily available. Yep. We want more people to find us, so we're going to get creative, mm-hmm. and we're going to get on TikTok. TikTok. And we're going to start putting little tips and tidbits, and uh, we'll we'll keep it educational. We'll try to be entertaining, but but keep an eye out for our TikTok channel. Sure. But if you want to get a hold of us, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen, and you've just tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. Peace. Peace.